Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Welcome we? to Jet Centric Playoff Edition, our first ever post game wrap up. And if you can't tell, I'm in a great mood. I feel like I just won the lottery. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm feeling, you know, like I said, I came into this game with lower expectations and they completely Bye. blew them away results wise <laughs> by what? final score. So I'm feeling fantastic. Uh, let's welcome in everyone. Uh, hi, I'm Kishore. I'm joined by our usual host, Liz, uh, and Justin and Daniel. Um, first of all, let's let's talk about reactions. Is this what you expected tonight? Liz, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so, okay, here's the deal. Like, it was a very low-event game, in my opinion. I didn't think it was overly exciting on either end of the ice. I thought that both teams' defensemen did a decent job of playing pretty simple hockey and just sort of keeping those high-scoring chances down. I'm just impressed at how well I, – I don't even say want to say how well because I didn't notice it very much, but they were matched together. So the Shifley line must have done a pretty good job of keeping that McDavid line down because the guy finished the game with two shots, didn't have a shot in the first, I want to say, like 40, 50 minutes of the game. Keeping him off the score sheet on its own is terrific, um, but this was this was huge. Um, yeah, so I'm wearing my my Dubois jersey, Justin's wearing his Ehlers jersey, and all these two guys have the same amount of points in this series as Connor McDavid does. So we were joking about that earlier. But my uh, relative to expectations, um, I'm impressed with the way that the game went. But again, I have through the roof, like above Colorado Avalanche expectations from this team when I watch them. They have to do everything right for me to be impressed. So I still clearly have a lot of issues to pick with them. But uh, results wise, pretty good um i'm feeling great right now still kind, not shaken up because but it's playoff hockey and i get a little bit involved and into it and stuff so i'm kind of coming down from a, a bit of an excitement i've never cheered so hard for an empty net goal before so anyways that's where i'm at right now and a connor shifley wheeler empty net goal at that twice i actually two yeah, of them. i actually stood up for that uh, connor got the first one i actually usually empty net i'm like oh whatever but i knew <laughs> that was like that was like the clincher right so oh yeah uh, Justin, what did you think of the game? Um, well, I certainly coming in didn't expect the Jets to really. I mean, they kept McDavid off the score sheet, which was a, a big positive. And at five on five, it was a one goal for one against. So they like had a saw off there. It was even. That's something I did not expect that they would do on the road. They don't have last change. They don't. They're not able to pick their matchup right. And so, um, you know, I guess the team really kind of clutched up and came came together with a solid defensive effort I mean that kind of reminded me of like the way that the New York Islanders like to play right like just defense first grind it out don't take too many risks and just get kind of crappy goals chip it in you know grindy goals and you know I mean from some names that you wouldn't expect certainly with Toninato and and uh, Poolman there so um, yeah they definitely I didn't think they had it in them without Ethers and Dubois on the road against McDavid I mean it looks like the odds were stacked against them, but uh, really impressive from Hellebuck too. Uh, yes. Above the uh, you know the the great defensive effort, I think that Hellebuck still had to get called upon and make some really nice big saves. And uh, shout out Nate Thompson, who uh, has now two points in this series. He's outscoring Connor McDavid. I think he's the great equalizer. We found our uh, big star center. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Where's Lina now? Your I was gonna say, yeah, 
We need um, to bring Lainey back now that we have a center for him. We have we have Nate Thompson set up for uh, Patrick Lainey now, apparently. So that's that's too bad. Um, <laughs> um, I you know what? Obviously, this is not the result we expected, especially with the way the Jets played in that second period. You know, they didn't really have a great second. They kind of turned it around the second half of the second period. They kind of evened out the shots um, for that period. Anyway, they started off that period outshot 7-1. And I think that the second period ended out, they were only outshot 16-8 to or something. So they pretty much evened it out. Um, and then going into the third, we kind of knew uh, anyone that's watched any hockey in general, not even just playoffs, but that that uh, two one goal for whichever team uh, was definitely going to get a very good chance at at that was going to be the game uh, the game winning goal. And of course, coming from a Logan Stanley shot, which I had mentioned in the first intermission, that uh, he woke up this morning and chose uh, shots, and it worked as it uh, tipped off uh, Dominic Tonato's stick and uh, off the back bar, and uh, they actually played for about thirty seconds after before we even knew it was a goal. I called it as soon as I saw it. I knew it was in just the way it bounced off. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, and then they had two empty net goals, like we mentioned, were pretty exciting as well from the usual suspects and also uh, um, shutting down the uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl is very impressive. Uh, I had mentioned that uh, with six minutes left, I mentioned the ice time and they each played about three minutes after that. And it was all after that last commercial break in the uh, third period and they just shut them down the whole game, but especially at the end when they were paired together, which obviously is going to happen quite a bit throughout this uh, series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm here to apologize, I think, on behalf of this podcast because who were we on early in this season? Uh, the Nate Thompson signing. We, we came around on Nate Thompson, to be fair, but we were all over that signing. We're like, oh, another vet in the room. Uh, Dominic Toninato, I don't think got mentioned once this year in all the podcasts <laughs> that we recorded. Uh, yeah, not we until. We yeah. rough on Logan Stanley uh, at points. I think a lot of us came around on Logan Stanley when he had that good run of play. And we've been hard on Maurice, I think, in an earned way. Tonight is a game that Maurice won. Like, I totally Connor Hellebuck won this game. But this was a coaching win. And I am here to apologize to Paul Maurice for this one game. One game. I, I don't know if I'm going to apologize for for eight years of uh, <laughs> some of our performances, but I will apologize for this one game because this was a masterclass. Uh, they played McDavid perfectly, like just perfectly. And Josh Morrissey, I thought, played his best defensive game in probably three years tonight. I thought he uh, really, especially in the third, closed off a lot of people against the wall in a way that we haven't seen uh, all year. We haven't, we never see Josh Morrissey use the body like that. And I was just thoroughly impressed up and down the lineup how consistently they played. They were outplayed. Let's not get anything, you know, twisted here. Edmonton deserve to win that game except we have connor hellebuck and they have mike smith see i think i almost want to argue with you on that one um i wanted to make a quick joke because ryan who we are awesome graphics you might be listening right now shout out to ryan for the great graphics Huge shout he, out to ryan. he texted us when when that fourth goal went and he's like yeah the jet centric broadcast and it's true all broadcast. the guys we've been ripping on all year have been <laughs> up. but i guess you build up for playoff hockey what can we say no but um um 
where was I going with this? I, I think Edmonton should be disappointed with their game. I think sure. this is more reflective of what um, Daniel and I specifically, but I think a lot of people feel the same way. You know how Daniel and I have said, you know, we think either Oilers in four or five or Jets in six or seven, because if we can figure them out for one game, we can figure them out for the rest. This should be scary for Oilers fans because they know that their bottom six can't score. If Connor McDavid doesn't get on the score sheet, the rest of their team isn't getting on it either. Like, I just think that the Oilers, they, they played fine. I think a lot of their defensemen had a good game. Um, but if I'm an Oilers fan right now, I'm a little bit stressed out about the fact that our key um, is something that is slowly but surely and possibly getting figured out by the Jets and how to defend that. And I wouldn't, that's, that's a little bit, um, that would be scary for me as an Oilers fan, I think. So I don't think the Jets deserve to win this game necessarily. Uh, but I don't really think the Oilers deserve to win it either, if that makes sense. Yeah, someone had to win pretty much is what you're saying. And yeah. the Jets did come out on top. And I mean, like the Oilers did have their chances and Hellebuck definitely came up huge. And this is definitely a Hellebuck win for sure. Obviously, they scored the two uh, two goals that, that they needed to win, but they basically won 2-1 with two empty netters, right? So, But at the end there, Hellebuck had that flurry about five saves in a row just and of clear uh, shooting lanes and all that, that were definitely uh, top end or top to middle end chances that they had. So you kind of look at that and you say, that's the Hellebuck that we have grown to know. And that as he's played like that pretty much every game that like this season, pretty much I, he led the league in games played at like 46 or something like that out of 56, which I also predicted to start the year. I, I think I said he played like 52 or something, but 40, 46 is pretty close. And, that's what we expect from Hellebuck. And I mean, he did come up big when he had to, and he made the saves when they were getting outplayed badly in the second. And as well at the end of the third, when Edmonton was obviously all out in the uh, offensive zone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Justin, uh, uh, what, what did you see in terms of the play? Like you're definitely one of the people on the podcast that tends to look at some of the advanced stats and like the zone possession, the high danger chances it this isn't as lopsided as we've seen from Winnipeg this year, but it also still wasn't good from them. No, definitely not. But um, I mean, when you look at it in terms of a game plan and right, the Jets got to shut down Connor McDavid. And I think specifically off the rush chances, I, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember more than like one, two, three times, maybe where he had like a clear, like, Oh, oh, he's winding up. He's coming in and he's going to walk, uh, Poolman or Forbert or Morrissey, whoever it is, right? So I think the Jets did a great job at limiting uh, the chances off the rush. And I kind of noticed they kind of dropped a forward back. They didn't want to have all three kind of deep in the offensive zone. They kind of wanted to have that back pressure. And I think that that had a big impact on the game. I mean, I agree with what you were saying, Liz, earlier too. Like the Oilers should really be disappointed with how they played that game. They didn't create any room for McDavid. And really, like, there was no intensity for a playoff game and a home playoff game at that. I mean, there was a couple of scrums, I think, at the end of the first period there. But besides from that, you would just think this is just another regular season game in the middle of February, right? Like, it lacked that kind of intensity. And uh, the Jets did a good job, I think, at lulling the Oilers to sleep. Now, with that being said, the Oilers still did control the play and create more. But uh, the Jets did a really good job at keeping that uh, a very low event game. And uh, that was nice to see for sure. Yeah. According to natural stat trick, uh, Edmonton had 13 high danger chances to eight for Winnipeg. 
And the expected goals were 2.5 for Edmonton to 1.3 for Winnipeg. I'll take that because I think our goalie is one goal better than their goalie. Thing oh, is, for our sure, goalie yeah. Isn't three goals better than their goalie? So, yeah. like, <laughs> it, like we have to keep it that close in order for us to to come out on top. So, I I totally agree, Justin. Even though they carried the play, it wasn't like Edmonton dominated by any stretch of the imagination. I will say, I was a little more impressed with their bottom six than I thought I would be in terms yeah. of. I thought we were going to steamroll their bottom six, and they held up fine. Now, the thing is, if PLD and Ehlers come back, right. we will steamroll their bottom six mm-hmm. because and that's, their bottom yeah. six was not good. Yeah, And that's well, the thing I, you mentioned. Oh, go ahead, Liz. I was going to say, I thought our their top six was going to steamroll our top six, and then, <laughs> and then they didn't. So I feel like it kind of went both ways in that game. Like, our teams almost evened out. Like, our, our I don't even know. But I, I, I had to pull up this conversation with uh, myself and Brian Johnson. I said this to him on April 4th, and I want to – talk about this so i said i texted him and i said i have a theory i said me thinks paul loves josh with all his heart and will always make him first pairing i think he knows demello is good because he would be insane not to i think he wants to protect pullman and stanley as much as he can while he still can so that he can learn to trust them and then come playoffs he'll roll 44 and 2 for like 25 minutes a night it's a reach but it's my theory just wanted to bring that up guys because I yeah, theory knew they is... were going to realize how good Dylan DeVello was, and I knew they were going to start playing that guy more, and I thought he had a decent game. I thought he – I talked about this in the intermissions. Maybe not everyone was there. I'm not going to talk about it again too much, but I thought there were some great moments. Other than that gold, he had a couple of blips, but I thought he had some great moments of just very solid, calm defensive play that you really need for someone like Josh Morrissey, and you really need it on a top pairing in the playoffs. So uh, the Dylan De- uh, DeMello fan account, continues to ride um but i just had to bring that up <laughs> and to be fair they only played 22 minutes tonight so right. you're a little off <laughs> and I'll, i want to go back to that that the bottom six top six uh from both teams and you we kind of touched on a little bit with plz and uh Ehlers coming back hopefully uh for game two or game three or whatever um with it kind of something I noticed that the Oilers do, and I think a lot of other teams might do this, that the Jets might not necessarily is that on a, on an icing call or whatever, they'll put like McDavid and dry out almost automatically after and that, and they don't play together regularly. Like they're not like the starting line for the game. Usually like tonight they weren't. Um, so that's something, you know, that you look for. So our top, our top line of Shifley, Weaver and Connor was tied to make the McDavid line tonight. And whether that's, uh, matchup, matchup or choice driven by uh, uh, Tippett, the coach of Edmonton. Um, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this, but I think adding like Ethers and PLD definitely will help uh, turn it into more of a top nine, bottom uh, fourth line game. Hopefully, especially if that Lowry line can really get going and stuff like that. And obviously, as we mentioned before, I think in our probably in both preview shows and in our last uh, our test run of the post game is that our bottom six, you could probably name more players than Edmonton's bottom six uh, going into this series and stuff like that. So I think that that's going to make a big difference once Ehlers and PLD hopefully come back, hopefully for the next game. But if they're already skating in non-contact, they should be ready to go on Sunday for game three, uh, the latest, I would assume. That is not true at all. I can name Zach Cassian. (laughs) After watching the game. (laughs) Zach Cassian types. (laughs) (laughs) I um no I um 
one thing though like that it's almost a good problem to have but part of me almost wants only one of them to come back just for the time being <laughs> because um when they both come back that's going to be a reunion of the cop lowry appleton line which i'm not super high on and i love perot with that line but you cannot put any of those two guys who were injured or andrew cop on the fourth line like you just right. cannot do that the only one of those guys you can put on the fourth line is matthew perot because matthew perot is the only player on this entire roster that can play any of the four lines that we have so he's going to be the one that gets the demotion and i don't yeah. want to see that happen but it's coming because we're getting either the star power of Ehlers or the manpower of Dubois back. So like there are worse problems to have. Um, but I liked what I've seen for Veselainen. I like top six cop and Paul Stastny can do no wrong. So I was happy with that line. Um, and I think I'll be happy with them when those two guys come back, but I think they fared well without them tonight. And that's very encouraging. Yeah. yeah and I want to go back. Actually, I remember the point is, that like Shifley, the, the, the Shifley line, whoever will say it's the Wheeler, it's him, Wheeler, and Connor. They'll never get a look against like Edmonton's bottom six if they're always matched up against them. But we're getting PLD and Ehlers back. That doesn't mean that they'll necessarily always be matched up against them throughout the entire game, which then creates opportunities either for the Shifley line against the bottom six or for whatever line Ehlers is on or PLD is on as well, right? And that creates that steamroll that we were talking about that is definitely possible. Yeah, AJ in the chat makes a good point. Line A was really invisible tonight. It was a good point. Uh, let, and let's a good go friend of mine to... tonight. A good friend of mine tonight saw PLD out at Home Depot there uh, grabbing some uh, oh. grabbing some lumber for his uh, some some kind of contract. Oh. I don't know if that's if that's, that's an true. investment with where Side lumber prices there. are. That's all eight bucks. Eight bucks for a two by four. Now that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> let's look ahead to game two. What are you looking for? Liz already touched on. Do you want to see Ehlers and PLD come back? What What would you change, if anything, for the Jets? Oh, am I starting? Oh, man, I got to think about this. I think um, the answer is always a little bit more defensive activation. I liked – this is the first time I think I've said this all year. I liked the defense's defensive game tonight. I thought they had a pretty good kind of – like, I, was, I wasn't upset with them. And usually I am, so I'm cool with that. Um yeah, I think I'd love to see. Actually, I don't even know. I don't want to say that because I don't like rushing guys back from injury, and I feel like if they come back next game, it's going to be a rush. Uh, I would love to see them come back, and I'd love to see um, that happen in a way that Matthew Perot can stay playing with good players. Um, what's unfortunate is that no matter what, he's going mean, to draw back only... with Thompson and Lewis, uh, which means that Tonanato is going to slip out for sure, no question. And I thought he's had a pretty good... Um, couple games which is unfair of me to say like because i always talk about how much i hate small sample sizes and this has been a small sample size but i'm being nice so we'll leave it at that but um that is going to add a scoring touch to all four lines which might be really big against this team if mcdavid starts being mcdavid which you know he will just it's a matter of time so i'd love to see next game scoring from all four lines or at least strong scoring chances because you can't expect a goal from all four lines in a game but that's that's what i'm hoping for next game Justin, anything think, as you look forward to game two? I think for me, I'm kind of looking for more of the same, right? I mean, you got possibly the world's best goaltender in net. So just try and keep it simple, keep it to the outside, and he should be able to have those point shots and uh, try and limit off the rush, try and, uh, you know, stay back and, and, and play safe. I don't think you want to get into cheating for too much offense, too much defensive activation, unless – they get Ehlers and PLD back. And I think that that adds a whole nother uh, 
sort of dynamic uh, element to our top six. And then it might free up some, some matchups where you can get one of them, like Daniel was saying, against the, against the bottom six of the Oilers and maybe they'll have a field day. Um, one thing I wanted to, or I guess a couple things too uh, about game one. Uh, I thought, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really love Derek Forbert's game. I thought he was a little sloppy and kind of a little slow. And I don't think he'll, I mean, he won't come out of the lineup, but I'm not sure that he should, especially with the sort of game plan that the Jets are going for. He's a penalty killer and he plays a simple game, block shots, whatever. But I thought that he was bad and I hope that he can have a bounce back game because they really need uh, to have that second pair behind Morrissey DeMello, who I thought did a darn good job against McDavid, about as good a job as you could ask them to. So uh, we'll see what happens with Forbert there. And uh, one more thing, I wanted to shout out uh, uh, Shifley and Wheeler. I thought that they had a pretty darn good game. I know they tend to get a lot of uh, bad mouth on this on the on the podcast, and rightfully so. I think that they've <laughs> kind of they kind of you know haven't been at the level they used to be. So uh, it's uh, to be expected. But I thought they had a really nice game today. I thought Wheeler had uh, some sort of uh, pep in his step. He was moving, and uh, they had a really really tough matchup with McDavid uh on the road and they uh they did a good job at limiting him and uh play a pretty pretty boring game which i wasn't sure that that line would commit to right i mean they're kind of an offensive line so to get them to kind of buy in to that uh boring sort of uh you know sleepy game was 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 good and i think uh, credit to maurice there too so i don't know if i'm turning full uh full positive here or what but uh no, i don't know it's, it's playoffs, important so. to mention those things too. <laughs> it's yeah, the playoffs we- we didn't win entirely by luck, right? Like we, there were a lot of small things that came that helped us win. And yeah, like you said, you know, um, the defensive pairing did a massive job of, you know, being steady and being solid. And then our top line didn't suck in their own end, which is also huge. So, uh, Daniel, thoughts going into game two? Yeah. So basically, the one thing that I kind of noticed, and I mean, it's something probably minute and you probably can't control, but there's a few times, like I mentioned, the, the icings and stuff, McDavid coming out with dry sidle. Both those times they were against uh, the Thompson line and Stanley and uh, Poolman, which is obviously the least ideal matchup for the jets. And they did uh, weather, whatever. Much, yeah. yeah. And that happened a few times by either by icing or by just the way the lines were rolling out. And that's some coaching on the Edmonton uh, side as well to kind of double shift or whatever. Uh, so that's something, I mean, you, there's not only so much you can do about that, but that's something that, you know, make up, make a smarter play. Like I, that Poolman play in the first period, I don't know. I'm going to dream about that more than the win tonight, maybe, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I mean, he did score. So, you know, whatever, but uh, other than that, I guess it's going to take this low event kind of hockey for the Jets to win this series, which is true and that's to no one's real surprise and of course getting Ehlers and Dubois back uh, into game two is would be a big boost to the Jets right now especially they'll be riding a high into Friday which does kind of mean something uh mm-hmm. and it's also like Friday will be like the 11th time we've seen the Oilers this year or something crazy like that which already like in the in game two of the first round so you kind of they know like they know each other pretty well so you should be able to make those adjustments and that's something that the Jets always struggle with is uh, making adjustments period to period or throughout the game I mean I would say hopefully they figure it out but obviously they're not going to so they just got to win with their pre-game game game plan 
which is clearly trying to play that uh, little bit of physical, uh, physical game, um, getting that cycle going. They had a few good cycle shifts as well in the third period, so we'll see how that translates into the next game. Uh, there was only one penalty tonight, I believe, so special teams didn't really play too much of a factor. The Jets killed that one off pretty well. So obviously next game there could be four penalties a team. You, you never know what's going to happen game to game, but I think that's still something we have to look for is the special teams. And having Ehlers and PLD back would definitely help the Jets think, overall, and especially if it comes to the power play. I think Ehlers and PLD, what's nice about that too, is that if they come they come out next game with a bit of a liar fi- liar fire lit beneath their asses kind of thing um and we have to fight fire with fire then at least we can like if you could sort of spread the wealth down those four lines if you have to if you have to if they just keep scoring and all you can do is start scoring too kind of thing like at least then you can like i really don't feel like some of our current lines are you know set up and like the top line is pretty much that's all they can do is score goals like I think if, if Edmonton comes out and they have to score goals, like you leave it to the defense to kind of, you know, defend them. And I think you really have to start scoring yourself. I think that's one of the best ways to beat them, especially if you get behind early. Um, well, best way, obviously, otherwise you're not going to be able to catch up. But um, I think that'll be important. I think bringing back two guys that can have a massive offensive impact like those two can would be really big for that. And even and if spe- they don't start scoring a lot themselves, then – uh, shut them down nice and quick um, and yeah put out Dubois and Stastny and whoever or something against like Alex Chason and James Neal and just crush them like a bug you know yeah and especially uh, I noticed Smith he looked kind of after that second goal it's the kind of goalie he is I know we have talked about in the first intermission but he looked kind of rattled after that the Jets had a couple of chances where he just didn't look the way he maybe has been this season or the second half of the season whatever he started playing elite. Um, so that kind of thing, and hopefully like that, once you beat him once or twice, I think it kind of affects him more than maybe it does Carter Hellebuck, who's obviously like, he's just, he's just a different breed Hellebuck compared to Smith, I think. And that, as we had mentioned before, that's going to make a huge difference in the series. Mike Smith is the kind of goalie that needs to see the puck for him to be good. He's not like a uh, Ed Belfort type that can stop 16 and and win a game. He needs to stop a lot more shots than that for him to be successful. Yeah. Uh, look, the two biggest stats for me coming out of tonight is one penalty. And I think there's going to be a lot of complaining in Edmonton media the next two days about only getting one penalty call. Even <laughs> though there weren't a bunch of egregious things, I think they're going to complain. How, how can Connor yeah, McDavid course, yeah. not get more than one penalty, you know, power play out of this game. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah, other is they had 68 the hits tonight. Too. Now, usually, like, that's a stat I usually don't care about at all, but it was noticeable in how they were using those hits on McDavid and Dreisaitl, pinning them against the boards quite often. If they can keep that up, and that's hard to do over a seven-game series, they can be successful. So th- those are the things I'm looking for. But to on me, the contrary, I sure. I usually am the one where it's like, oh, this was this was a, a gift win. Uh, Ehlers, PLD, you should take the next night off, like take the extra few days. I think the Jets should go for it because Edmonton feels fragile to me. Like McDavid looked frustrated coming off the ice tonight. I think if they put it to them next game, they Edmonton is liable to collapse. Yeah, and I what you said there about the hits kind of thing, like 
it almost goes hand in hand with the whole size thing like hits on their own are not a stat it there it's it's useless but if you can see the context of the hits and how it actually helps with the game like they're good and that's why they're in the game right and i think what you said about how it's going to be tough to know you know keep laying the body on those guys you know what it's actually going to be really tough on those guys too to continue to have the body laid on them so i think that's going to bode really well for us if we can keep it up especially if we can spread the wealth with the with the hits like they said when we had 18 hits they had come from like 15 players or whatever like if all of these guys are able to you know kind of be a little bit more aggressive in that sense like it might tear this slightly maybe un not unmotivated that's not the right word but maybe a team that's a little on their heels now dejected dejected kind of yeah yeah yeah, it it might end up um being one of those intangible factors that helps the jets continue with the momentum into next game we're only another 4-1 game from seeing koskin in a net that's how fragile i think they are Uh, so that's what i'm hoping for but for now i'm gonna celebrate Holy cow, I was not expecting this game out of this team. Um, Well-earned win. Um, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to everything tonight. The intermission chats, the post-game chat. We're going to be doing this throughout the playoff run, which is now at least five games long. We can now confirm Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) I got to open up my next Wednesday now. I already had something planned. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we'll be back Friday night. We'll be doing intermission chats on Twitter spaces. We'll be back here on YouTube for a post-game chat. Uh, any final thoughts, anyone? Uh, yeah, i just pumped to see where this team goes and what's going to happen when you bring back two of your most impactful offensive players. I uh, Yeah, I mean, they're just showing the highlights here. I got the Colorado game, and I just – you just watch – like the goal, they just showed the Pullman goal and the way that it went, like that's the kind of goal they're going to have to score off the rebound yeah. or the Tottenato tip. That's the kind of goals you're going to score. Um, and they were even saying that when the Jets were on their one and eight or whatever it was uh, to end the season. Oh, I think my video just cut out there for a second. But uh, this is the kind of game, like I mentioned, they're going to have to play and like I had said, if it goes six or seven, I think the Jets are the one that's coming out on top. Yeah. Uh, for me, I guess just, uh, you know, uh, really excited to see them win. I certainly, when it was confirmed Dubois and Eaters was out, I had like little to no expectations that they'd be able to pull it off tonight and uh, just keep riding the high. I mean, um, at the end of the day, you've already done your job. You won one game on the road. And if you can make it two, you know, go for broke kind of, you know, you don't have anything to lose. You already did your job winning game one on the road. If you can come home to Winnipeg up to up two to nothing, you really got the Oilers on the ropes. So uh, go Jets go and hopefully they can uh, pull it out. Yeah. You know, massive shout out. All we need is the Stanley goal. We, we Dominic robbed us of the Stanley goal. That was beautiful. <laughs> that, that's yeah. the only thing we're missing. No. Yeah. I was going to say congratulations to our, our big plank getters tonight, Nate Thompson. Tucker Pullman, Dominic Toninato, and Logan Stanley. Way to go, Big guys. names. <laughs> yeah. We don't care about empty net points, so. Combined no. half hit of, like, one or 2.2 million, probably, if you looked up those guys. <laughs> but <laughs> GM Absolutely. of the year, Kevin Chevaldeoff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you Friday night. I'm Kurt Kielbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.